Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I'm so glad that we're able to spend our this time together uh, each morning in prayer. Today is Tuesday, and this is the season of Pentecost. Today we continue our reading of 2 Peter. Please feel free to send me an email with any stories or insights or questions that might arise this week. You can send them to me at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our hope. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. So I intended to go on and on reminding you about all this, even though you know it and have been firmly established in the truth which has come to you. But it seems right to me, as long as I am living in this present tent, to stir you up with a reminder, since I know that I shall shortly be putting off this tent, as our Lord Jesus the Messiah showed me. So I shall also be making every effort to ensure that once I am gone, you may be able to call these things to mind at any time. When we made known to you the power and appearing of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, you see, we were not following cleverly devised myths. Rather, we were eyewitnesses of his grandeur. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and spoke to who a voice spoke to him from the wonderful glory, This is my Son, my Beloved One, in whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice, spoken from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made more certain. You will do well to hold on to this, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star shines in your hearts. You must know this first of all, that no scriptural prophecy is a matter of one's own interpretation. No prophecy you see ever came by human will. Rather, people were moved by the Holy Spirit and spoke from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The gospel, the good news, is a story. Not a symbolic or mythical narrative to communicate the nature of things in the universe, but the true story of events that happened and were observed by those we come to know as the Apostles. The Gospel is the story of and about Jesus in Jesus' own words and deeds. The meaning of this story is discovered as it emerges from the longer-running story of God and God's creation, and particularly the story of God and human beings told within the covenant promise God made with Abraham thousands of years ago. The story of Jesus is the fulfillment of this story. It is not a philosophical school. It's not a particular method for looking at the world or gaining knowledge. It's not an abstract and ultimately ultimate set of ideals or principles. The gospel is a story. It has character and plot, and we are all involved in its ongoing telling. Part of learning the faith is learning and internalizing the story about Jesus. Another part is the transformation of our lives according to what we know of the story so far and what God has promised will yet occur. And it is that second part of faith, the transformation of our lives, that Peter is concerned with in his letters. But in order to stir up the Spirit within us, he reminds us that this story that is the gospel is not something made up to explain how God is rescuing the world— but the events of God's salvation that he and the other apostles witnessed in the time that they went about with Jesus. The particular portion of the story Peter appeals to here is the story that we might know as the transfiguration. Peter, along with James and John, saw Jesus transfigured in Psalm on all of its glory. And, and they had that vision of glory confirmed in Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Jesus himself had taught them, and the Holy Spirit reinforced this teaching, that Jesus is the one who comes in the glory of the Father, just as Daniel had promised. And Jesus had taught them, the Holy Spirit had reinforced this teaching, that Jesus is also the one who suffers for the sake of righteousness, a representative of his people and all people, just as Isaiah had prophesied. So even though Jesus is the Son of God and his testimony about himself is true, And even though the Holy Spirit is God and the Spirit's testimony is true, the Holy Trinity confirms the truth of the story according to what the Spirit has spoken and promised through the prophets in the covenant in the past. When Peter tells us that prophecy is not a matter of personal interpretation, but instead people moved by the Spirit, spoke by God, he looks to ground our faith in Scripture and in the events that Jesus and the Spirit testify to through the words of the apostles. And as we will read tomorrow, Peter challenges those would-be prophets and traveling evangelists of novel and innovative teaching and of questionable character and virtue to do the same. But for us today, it is enough to simply rest in the truth that what we believe about Jesus is anchored in Scripture and tethered to the testimony, the Spirit-filled testimony, of those who were there to see it happen. This is the rock on which our faith and hope and love are built, and that rock is Jesus. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel, 
You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the way you provide for us both sunshine and rain, both food and water, and all that is needed for this life. We thank you for the new creation in Christ, for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for taking away our sins, and for bringing us into the fellowship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the eternal life that flows, for the gifts of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we especially thankful for? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who are sick, for those who endure chronic chronic illnesses, for those who are bereaved, for all those who care for the sick, the afflicted, and the dying, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people and countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, and for our friends and our loved ones in need of your presence, your healing, your power. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. And all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. 
Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen.